Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with two collaborative divorce attorneys, Robin Mermans from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Ashley Nicole Russell from Greenville, North Carolina. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So let's let's start with uh, with kind of a very basic question. And and Robin, I'll begin with you. What is collaborative divorce? Collaborative divorce in North Carolina is actually governed by statute. And essentially what um, the North Carolina statute requires is that the two attorneys and the two parties sign what's called a participation agreement. And that participation agreement must state that in the event that the parties are unable to come to a resolution outside of the court system, they and their attorneys um, need to dissolve that relationship and they need to start over with new attorneys. So collaborative is an alternate dispute resolution option that allows parties to resolve their differences outside of court. In North Carolina, as we practice, it's a problem solving approach to um, untangling um, a a couple's marriage. Um, financially, emotionally, um, parentally, um, and um, it it allows them to move through the process with respect um, and, again, in a collaborative versus combative approach. Ashley, anything you want to add to to sort of the, the description that Robin has been providing there? I, there's nothing that I, I want to add to it. I think that she per- perfected that description, but I do think that, you know, in North Carolina, collaborative is a big deal for us. We were one of the original states in the country that did turn this into a statute, as she mentioned. It is, you know, governed by our statutes here. Um, we have a statewide organization called NCCAN. That's a nonprofit that really gives a lot of information around collaborative and ADR processes are not always widely accepted in a state, but I feel like North Carolina has done a good job to really embrace ADR, specifically collaborative. And we've been doing this here for a long time in this state, um, a couple of decades now. So I'm very proud of our state and where we're at. So one of the sort of features of the collaborative process is that you have neutrals uh, who provide a, a, a level of expertise that uh, really makes a big difference in the process. Uh, can, can you describe, and Ashley Nicole will let you go first, of the role of these neutrals, what they do and who they are? So in a collaborative process, the neutrals are going to come in so that they can provide more insight where the attorneys may need to have an extra hand in helping the couple to really understand and stay amicable. They are always going to be chosen by both parties, one person. So a lot of times in divorce, where the breakdown of communication happens is when you both hire your own experts, you both hire someone to be in your corner and create separate values or different opinions as to parenting plans, and it helps to derail the party's communication and derail their involvement together. So here in the collaborative process, the neutrals are, you know, chosen by both parties. They're a part of the process. For the child specialist, they're able to bring in the, you know, perspective of the child where the parents may not have had that perspective before and stand in place of the children to be able to say, you know, what the children would need in that moment and be the voice of the children for the parents to really have that placeholder there in the session. 
I do think, um, you know, neutrals are really helpful in helping the parties to really understand the agreement so that they can have everlasting agreements. We want to make sure that when the parties are there in the container of collaborative, that they're able to come up with an agreement that is going to be able to stand the test of time. I mean, especially if they have children, they've got to get through a couple of years of communication. And so they really help to facilitate that and allows the attorneys to really focus on making sure it's a a wonderfully legally drafted document and that the parties are able to all move forward. And Robin, what's the significance of their being neutral? Well, they're not advocating for one side or the other. Um, so in, in, a, in, a, in a collaborative process, we work as a team. So the attorneys are trained as attorneys, right? We're trained in the law. Um, to Ashley Nicole's point, we bring in a child specialist because that's not our that's not our role. Um, and when the the family and child specialist comes in, for example, or the financial neutral, they are working from a, a neutral perspective, not again advocating for one side or the other. And then also they have their their um, area of expertise when it comes to the children and their well being and the psychological well being. And they help us craft um, an enduring agreement that is not only stand the test of time, but also understanding that, you know, there will be, particularly when it comes to children um, and co-parenting, it, 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 there has to be some sort of pliability there and allowing an agreement that allows for that pliability, but also gives them a firm outline with which to operate under. So the your roles as attorneys are different from your roles as attorneys if you go to court. How How is it different? Ashley Nicole? Well, I don't go to court and mm-hmm. I have been committed to this process for my entire uh, legal career. So <laughs> mm-hmm. there is no difference for me. It's always just one way and how we handle things. But of course, you know, obviously settling, there's a paradigm shift for attorneys to be able to understand, you know, it's not, you're still zealously advocating for your client, but you're not doing it um, at the expense of the other side and the expense of their character and the expense of um, the family back at home. You're doing it really, you know, in at, like Robin said, as a team together. Um, but I think that collaborative, you know, there's a huge uh, concept to constantly compare collaborative to litigation. But in reality, collaborative is the way of the future. It is the way that things are going. It is the way that we understand from a lot of research that the family functions very well with the collaborative result. And so um, I do think that we get in the weeds when we talk about constantly comparing collaborative to litigation, because I think it is so different and it is completely its own world and the types of people that look for litigation and the types of people that are looking for ADR processes are completely different people. Our, you know, goal here at this point is to just carry the torch of getting the awareness out. And, and there are people who say, yes, they do collaborative, but they really don't. Uh, They're, they're, they're using it as a bait and switch. Uh, It's really important to understand how someone is collaboratively trained and is committed to the process. Uh, how, how, as a client, do you sort of sort through that kind of uh, information and realize who is and isn't uh, a, a real collaborative attorney? Robin? 
Well, the first thing I would say is do your research, right? Um, look at their website, look at how they're talking, the language that the, that they are using. Um, I know Ashley, Nicole, and I, again, we we both are part of um, NCCAN, which is an organization in um, North Carolina that's a nonprofit that that their their uh, mission is to promote collaborative and cultivate um, high level collaborative practitioners. Uh, we're both uh, uh, participants in that in that organization. Um, they only list professionals, attorneys that are not only collaboratively trained but practice at a high level and are committed to it. So, do your research. Find organizations in that in your state that are collaborative specific and see who's on a part of those organizations. That would be my first um, my first recommendation. My second recommendation, when you talk to the attorney or call the office, ask, you know, what percentage of your cases are collaborative versus litigation? I would argue that you want to go with a collaborative attorney that practices at least 90%, if not 100% collaborative, um, because it is a paradigm shift. It's a completely, um, it's 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 a mindset that's not about winning and losing. It's about addressing everyone's needs and interest in a holistic manner. So research, yeah. Yeah, what, what brought both of you to this method of handling a divorce? Why this versus other ways? Ashley and Cole? Uh, for me, my parents uh, had a pretty terrible divorce. And so I started doing collaborative in order to really write what I thought was wrong that I learned in law school about how the dynamic went down, how much they broke, the, the communication between the parents was broken down. And I really could see how, you know, we would learn in grade school that there's a telephone game. And if I tell someone something and they tell the next person, they tell the next person it goes down the line, then obviously that's going to get lost in translation. And you know, the way that the family law system was set up was very much mimicking the thing that we learned in second grade didn't work. And so that didn't make sense to me. And I went about trying to change how things were handled in North Carolina. And so um, I was able to add this to the eastern part of the state, you know, and I just felt like with people knowing that there was another option would allow families to kind of save the respect that they have for one another and save the relationship that they have for one another. So based on my own childhood, it was really important to me to carry this torch forward. Yeah. What about you, Robin? Well, I have a, I have a different path. I actually went through my own divorce. And at the time I was going through my own divorce, I worked in the legal department, not as an attorney, um, at a Fortune 100 company. And so I was surrounded by legal minds as I was going through the process and we did what everyone else does. We, we both hired our own attorneys. We didn't know about collaborative. Um, we didn't even know about mediation at the time. And it, after six months, we had both blown through our retainers. Um, it was more contentious than when it started and we had zero to show for our efforts. We were encouraged not to talk to each other. And we eventually ended up with a pad of paper and a calculator in our garage and figuring out how we're going to untangle as a family to allow us to move forward to be healthy co-parents because we recognized that it was deteriorating our relationship um, to the detriment of our children. Um, once our divorce was done, I actually resigned from that position and I essentially went to law school to 
to be a collaborative attorney. Now, while in law school, it was actually mediation was more what I was geared towards. But while I was in law school, I learned of collaborative and I was like, this is the best of both worlds. Um, I think the traditional process is broken. The, the legal court system is not made for families. I think it's ludicrous that that um, two parties are pitted against each other when they are still a family unit when kids are involved. Um, and so I, my goal going into law school was to emerge from law school to become a divorce attorney to help parties through this process in a more humane and emotionally intelligent fashion. So we're doing this podcast in advance of Divorce with Respect Week, which is coming up March 4th through 8th. Um, and that's an opportunity for people to do a, a consultation for free with a, uh, a collaborative professional to learn about their options and the processes. If somebody is scheduling a consultation with you, uh, anything that they should do to prepare for that consultation? Uh, Ashley, Nicole? You know, my consultations, uh, I feel like are, uh, that's kind of the thing that I enjoy doing the most. And so we, you know, we really make sure that our clients leave with a lot of information and are able to make an informed decision to prepare for the meeting. I mean, really, I just need the background story and um, there are documents, of course, that whenever people uh, book an appointment with us, they have to fill out and submit back to us. But a lot of that information just comes out in a conversation. So it's really just to be thinking about what you want out of your divorce process, what you want that to look like, what you want the person that's representing you to reflect, you know, who you're hiring to represent, you should really reflect the values that you want to carry through the process. And so to have forethought about that would be obviously helpful in selecting the attorney and preparing for the meeting. Yeah. Robin, anything in preparation to meet with you? Yeah, I, I would agree. I would echo what um, Ashley Nicole said. I would come with an idea of globally, what are your goals? Like, is your goal to make sure that you exit with a healthy co-parenting relationship? Is your goal to be to to emerge financially, um, you know, secure, um, you know, really spend some time thinking about what your needs are and what your goals are and also putting the shoe on the other foot and thinking about what the needs and goals potentially are of your um of the spouse or the or, or the or your future co-parent um those would be the, that would be what I would suggest that you um spend some time considering before walking in the door all right. Well, thank you both for joining us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If someone wants to learn more about you and your practice, what are your websites? Ashley Nicole? It is anrlaw.com. And you can find our podcast, the Divorce Healthy Podcast, and the book that I have is The Cure for Divorce Culture. And then um, also michaelandrussell.com. Okay. And Robin? Um, the name of my firm is roadtoresolution.com and you can find me there. You can also find me on the NC can website. Yes. NC can. And that, you know, that organization is, we are both part of that organization and that's how we found divorce with respect week. So we are very, um, definitely to be able to find that website. It's a great idea as well. So we will put links to all of those sites in the show notes. 
in addition, there'll be a link to the divorcewithrespectweek.com site where you can go to sign up for a free divorce consultation. The 2024 Divorce with Respect Week is March 4th through 8th. This is Tim Krauss reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.